1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Hi, welcome to episode 94 <laughs> of the 77 Club. Um, I'll apologise for my voice this week. Uh, I'm very well. So uh, I'll try and speak as, as little as possible, which I'm sure will all uh, be brilliant news for everybody. Uh, but Harry, we'll start with the socials. Where is Sam and what have you done with him? Uh, yeah, uh, the Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And as usual, Spotify, iTunes, please write and subscribe if you can. And Dan Bayliss is here. Hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Season's greetings. So, the end of an international break. England qualify for Euro 2020, top of the group. So, you love to see it. Um, everything that went on with uh, various Joe Gomez and Sterling's all put to bed now. And apart from booing him uh, at Wembley, which I thought was a bit of a shame, but but never mind. Uh, Harry, are you laughing at my voice again? <laughs> yeah, I can't help yeah. it, mate. I can't get used to it. I, I, thought, I sound like my fatter, like everything the light touches. <laughs> But uh, yeah, international break is over. And to be honest, most people have actually come through it unscathed. Uh, Jimenez, we're, time of the recording, this is a Wednesday evening, and he actually scored in the early hours 
uh, of today for Mexico. So hopefully he's okay for the weekend. Uh, Harry, it's just good to get an international break out of the way with no injuries. Yeah, and it's the next one until March now. So happy days. And our lads did all right, didn't they? Diego Jotra had a goal snatched off him by someone called Ronaldo. Jimenez and Catrone got a brace each the other night. So... All in all, our players have done uh, done pretty well and uh, I'm glad it's over and I'm glad we're back into the thick of it and we've got a lot of fixtures coming up now, haven't we? Bayliss, how much is Ronaldo a shithouse for doing that to Jota? I mean, whacking it in when it's basically over the line. I actually haven't seen it. Um, You're about a yard I've, out. I've seen, the rea- <laughs> I've seen the reaction of what people have been saying on social media, but... Um, He's been a shithouse for years anyway. <laughs> Diving, winking, cheating bastard. <laughs> I'll, I'll offer a counter-opinion there because I actually have seen it. Um, I think in that situation, if you're thinking just the team, you do anything to get the ball over the line, you don't sort of think, is it going to go in anyway? So I don't really think you can blame him too much. I, I think we're being a bit biased. Jack, if that was the other way around, right, and Jota had done that to Ronaldo, he'd have gone mad. He'd have he gone absolutely been. mental. It reminded me of the Dave Nugent one. Remember that? One period, oh, one goal. Yeah. It was like on the line. The foul, yeah. <laughs> no, I've got no problem. As you're a team, you're not an individual. Make sure the ball goes over the line, and that's it, really. If he'd have touched it and they'd been offside, it'd be, a, it'd be a different matter. But it went in, they scored, and that's it. It's a team game, not an individual game. It's strange, though, isn't it? Because it's one of those where they say every every one counts. But I think there are goals in certain careers where that goal counts more than any other one they scored. You take Maradona's against England, hand of God. That's all he's ever remembered for. And maybe this is going to be, oh, how did Ronaldo get to 199 goals? He's on. 99 goals he's on. Yeah, 99. Uh, and I think everyone will think of him nicking that one, hopefully, in the future. Because that would be brilliant from a glittering career of absolute brilliance to remembering that tapping that he nicked off someone making his full debut I don't know I disagree Maradona's also remember for skinning half the opposition and slotting it past England the, the other goal that he scored was a damn sight better than the one he punched over I think Ronaldo <laughs> although he's a shithouse has done some unbelievable things on a football pitch yeah he was just annoying because it would have been Jota's first senior goal That's, I think only Wolves fans are annoyed about it everyone he's else he's going to get just, one though isn't he he yeah. will get one I suppose just to round it up though I I didn't I watched probably about 10 minutes of the England Montenegro game and uh, I actually Ugh. watched the Isle- I watched the Ireland game in full did anybody watch that because that was quite no I saw Doherty scored there yeah Do- Doherty scored and they were unlucky to be fair Ireland from what I saw because they arguably were probably the better team on the balance but then just letting a goal Doherty lost his man actually for that Denmark goal and then they fought back but just didn't have enough time to go on and get the winner so they're in the playoffs now and he, was, uh, through, but... he was crying wasn't he at the end like he was proper emotional I, I don't know. I, I, I saw it a off. picture Seems of him. Yeah. Went. Did you not sort of think after watching the Montenegro game, you just have to give up on these qualifiers because they're a oh, waste of time? Well, we were doing this last week. Oh, yeah. I don't know where Bayliss was, but we were doing this I was as watching the game, the game. Was <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, mate, um, it was 5 0 after half an hour, and I was just like, turned But it I've off. never seen anything like it. it was, it's just boring, isn't it? They should make those teams have to qualify before going into the qualification. There was talk about doing that, and I suppose that's kind of why, where this Nations League thing comes in, that obviously then you're playing teams that are more your standard, particularly further down, which is more productive for the likes of Montenegro, the Faroe Islands, Malta, whoever it might be, to uh, not just be getting battered all the time. But uh, I don't know how you can do it, though. I don't know how you, you'd be able to structure qualification where it's not completely, mm. you just draw the teams well, against Well, basically, if you're a there. team of postman, binman, fishermen, <laughs> then you go. should you should probably not be playing against professionals until the last possible moment. Yeah, I think so. And also because the tournament's so big now, you do need quite a lot of teams to fill them. And back in the day, you'd have the sort of sixteen best teams in Europe um, vying for a place in this competition, which actually sounds good on paper until you actually look back at England's qualifying record, and it isn't that good compared to 
sort of like your Germany's or Italy's, France, you know, we just haven't actually qualified for as many tournaments as we probably should over the last 50 years, especially during the 70s. Cause I don't think we qualified for a tournament in the 70s, Not certainly not a World Cup anyway. Um, so we'll leave the international break. It's back to Premier League action. And it is, was it seventh versus eighth, I think, um, for this one. And it's Bournemouth away. Uh, last season, Harry, I think we did a watch along together. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah. Watch along boots now, haven't you? Yeah. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> a one all draw. Uh, but let's go to get your away perspective for Bournemouth away. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Joined now by Tom Crocker, who's from the Bournemouth Echo. Tom, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, yourself. Uh, not too bad. At uh, the end of the international break, we love to see it. And a couple mm-hmm. of guys for Bournemouth that have been away on international duty, if you could just explain uh, who's been doing that. I guess the main one from your point of view will be Harry Wilson. Yeah, obviously he got a goal, big goal for Wales the other day, um, following on from his goal for, for Bournemouth at Newcastle as well. So he's starting to really come into his own. And that was a big goal for him to help Wales get a bit closer to, to the Euros. Um, apart from that, Ramsdale's been playing in goal for the England 21s, um, trying to force his way maybe into the into the senior squad for the Euros as well. So a couple of the guys have been been away. A few missed out for injury, but yeah, like I said, I think Harry Wilson's been the main one. Callum Wilson didn't get on for England. So um, yeah, Ryan Fraser missed out um, through injury for Scotland as well. So so yeah, a couple have been away, but um, quite a few missed out as well, sadly, this time. Has the international break come a good time for Bournemouth? Because we were talking about it last week on the podcast saying it's good to just regroup and, and get you know a little bit of fitness back and, and have a little bit of a break. Yeah, maybe. I think the, the problem has been before all three international breaks this season, Bournemouth gone into on, on the back of a defeat, which obviously is never never a good thing having to sort of stew on a loss for two weeks in a row. And especially the way they sort of fell, fell down at Newcastle was quite disappointing. So... They would have liked, I think, to have got back at it straight away. But on the flip side, like you say, it gives them a chance to maybe get a couple of these guys of Knox back back fit again. And yeah, I think now they'll be fully raring to go. Obviously, it's the last break until March now and there's lots of games coming up. So I think they'll probably be good for it in a few weeks' time. They'll be grateful for the rest they've maybe just had. So um, yeah, I say that it was disappointing the way the, the, the fixtures ended just before the break. But I think they'll be well up for it on Saturday now. And in terms of Premier League action, it's pretty tight at the moment. It seems that anyone can beat anyone uh, so so Mm. far this season. And uh, Manchester United in seventh, Wolves in eighth, Bournemouth in ninth, all on 16 points. So this could mean a lot, this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I say, mentioned Man United there, Bournemouth beat Man United a couple of weeks ago so that jumped them up and then say had they gone and beaten Newcastle they would have been fifth now coming into this game but fell down there like you say it's very very much anyone seems to be able to beat anyone and Bournemouth seem to sort of encapsulate that more than more than they'd like to really they get big wins and then can't back it up and yeah they end up sort of in the in the middle of the table and possibly they could have felt they could be a little bit higher but yeah like I say it's so tight in sort of between fifth all the way down to 15th 16th I think so one or two wins and you'll be you'll be right up there so it's still very much the case now in this game this weekend over wins it will be looking pretty pretty in the table so yeah I'll see Wolves drawing a lot of games and perhaps haven't got the wins they wanted to but the fact they were so high from the table now if they win on Saturday they could well end up in fifth which will look pretty good from their point of view as well I think and for the OCD people out there, uh, won four, drawn four, lost four for hmm. Bournemouth. How do you see this one going? Um, I'd say, like I mentioned there, Wolves seem to draw a lot of games and it wouldn't surprise me if it ended with a, another another draw, maybe. Um, I'd say Bournemouth at home, they hadn't won, hadn't had a great sort of home form in terms of results this season until they managed to beat Man United and that was probably the most complete performance they've had all season. So, yeah, that'll give them a big, big boost going into this one. But Wolves, even though they also had a bit of a slower start with the European games and stuff, I think they're still very much one of the tougher nuts to crack in the league. So, I think I could see it 
even themselves out. Um, Bournemouth will be very keen to get the home win, but I think Wolves might, might be able to take something from the day as well. In terms of starting eleven for Bournemouth, it's going to be pretty much unchanged from that Newcastle game, or is uh, anyone vying for a start? Yeah, I think injuries could play a little bit of a part. Um, so Brian Fraser missed out for Scotland due to a knee problem. I think they're hoping he's going to be okay. Uh, Josh King, that's a possibility. He's picked up something away of Norway. So if those two miss out, it'll be a big blow, really, because there's uh, yeah a couple of there are a couple of key positions on the, to, to sort of fill in, and also I think. Jefferson Lerma was banned for Newcastle. I'd imagine he'll come straight back into the centre of midfield as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of the sort of the injuries, Solanke could have to come in instead of King if, if there's an injury there. And there's a couple of wingers who might might slot in if Fraser can't play. But I think generally it's going to be fairly sort of similar. I imagine the sort of setup formation will be pretty much the same. And it's just who's come through this break without picking up too many knocks really is the, the biggest problem as well. And then Lerma will be the, the one to come in for, for Lewis Cook, I presume. And a score prediction? Uh, yeah, I'd just say following on from earlier, I'm probably going to go with the go with the one all, which I think everyone will be relatively satisfied with come come the full time whistle. And in terms of the rest of the season, obviously hanging around that potential European spot as it is at the moment, is that something that Bournemouth are going to be looking to get into European football next season? Yeah, I think there's something that some of the players have said in the last few weeks is last season they were looking at that spot and really targeting it and maybe sort of took their eye off the ball a little bit. They were so high up towards the start of the season and, and faded away towards the end. I think this season they're trying to, as cliche as it sounds, try and take it just a week at a time and see where it takes them. I mean, they got that win against, like I say, against United, Man United and then the week after lose at Newcastle and that's been sort of the problem for the last couple of years really. They can't seem to back up game by game they can't get too many back-to-back wins and it leaves them slipping down the table rather than looking up it obviously the way it's so tight at the moment they're all looking at it this season's a massive opportunity to get in sort of sixth seventh and I think there's a lot of teams who are going to be looking at that same spot so it's all about the consistency over the next couple of months and like you say earlier this this game could be a key key starting point towards that for both these clubs well Tom thank you so much for talking to the 77 club much appreciate your time and best of bad luck for the weekend hmm, pleasure thanks for having me on the away perspective what have our opponents got to say so we haven't lost since September, Harry, uh, in the league. So going into this game, I guess we're feeling quite confident because Bournemouth really are hot and cold, as we heard from Tom there. Well, I'd say uh, they're a lot more cold. He mentioned they have a good win and then go and lose to Newcastle, for example. But looking at their fixtures, at, before they beat Man United 1-0, they drew 0-0 away at Watford, drew 0-0 with Norwich at home, lost 1-0 away at Arsenal, drew 2-2 at home to West Ham. So they've had a bit of a stinking run, apart from obviously the win against Man United. So, But they have but got some good- what it used to be, is it? Or saying that? that you've got to beat a Man United at home isn't like it, it was. Ah, so exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it ain't exactly a bloody good thing. But good yeah. result, but... Yeah. They've got some good players though, man, like Bournemouth. Um, I've, I've always got that Fraser. He's like a little quick winger. Um, mm. They've got that Harry Wilson. It looks like Dave Azapardi. I think he scored at Newcastle. So. <laughs> but he scored for Wales midweek. He scored for Wales, well, It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because like, when you go to Bournemouth, it's like going to Kiddiaris away, but you're playing a Premier League team. Their ground's crap. And maybe it's hard for the players to get up for. So it's a tricky place to go. When was the last time we won there? Maybe in the championship a few years ago? No, I think they beat us there. They, they, they beat us well, that year they went Yeah, up. a phobie scored, didn't he? We lost 2-1, I remember that one. So yeah, it's a tough place to go, man. We, we don't do well there. We haven't won there, as we say. So hopefully we can get a win this time. So I was doing a little bit of interesting research on Bournemouth whilst I was having my lunch uh, this afternoon. And it's the smallest Premier League ground ever, actually. Actually. only There's only been seven ever that were under 20,000. Most of those have now been knocked down, yet this is still going. You know, it's a bit tin pot letting a team have such a low capacity in the Premier League. They yeah, can't, I agree with that. They can't build on it, can they? I remember, we, I think we spoke about this last year, 
uh, they can't get the planning permission to build on that ground, as I'm sure they would. And I don't think they can find like land. Teams with bigger stadiums in the conference. Mad, isn't it? It is mad. Um, that's the way it is. I suppose, I suppose they'd have to move away or move out of town to be able to find a site, wouldn't they? Which yeah. maybe they, they don't want to do. It's strange. I suppose it's such a tiny space that it's probably going to be very hard to develop. But there is a car park there, so maybe maybe they just can't fit it in. I'm, I'm not sure, really, because it is, it is like, yeah, particularly for a Premier League ground. And it's not just like a, a one-year Premier League team. They're established now, yeah. really. They're, de- they're a decent Premier League team. So you've got to think. I think we had this conversation last year as well. You've got to think long-term. They've got to be looking to, you know, Upgrade just because they're missing out on ticket revenue. Maybe they are, which I've spotted it. But I believe it's because the land in Bournemouth is so expensive because it is a desirable place to buy yeah. a second yeah. home, and uh, that's, that's just, why. Just, just build a floating one or just off sandbanks. Yeah, a pier, football pier. I read that could just no. sit on his sit on his balcony at home. <laughs> Do you know I've only played Bournemouth in the league eight times in our history. Really? Go on, give us some stats, and and we've never beaten them away. That is crazy. Wow. In in the league. But I think, you know, the home record is good. They've only lost to Man City, I think, at home so far this season. And historically, it's been a difficult place to go. So, it's, yeah, it's going to be a very tough game. So what would be a good result, Jack? What would be a good result? Well, I hate to say score draw or just oh. any sort of draw because we've drawn too many. Our actual win percentage is the worst in the league for the top 13 teams, even though we're sat in eighth because obviously we just, we've drawn so many games. Um, so... <sighs> It's really hard because this is a game where you just look at, particularly even though you know we've done well lately, that you just look at and think we could easily lose this game just as easily as we could win it. And I'm sure Bournemouth will probably be saying similar things. But given their history against us and we've never won away from home and the fact they're a decent decent side at home, I'd be happy with a point here. I don't know what the guys think. Harry, what do you think will, Wolves will do the same as they did on the 10th of January 1948 against Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic in the <laughs> FA Cup and win 2-1? Oh, that's the stat. Uh, I hope so, mate, because I'm just looking at the table here. Man United and Bournemouth have got identical records. 1-4, drew 4, lost 4. We've won 3, drew 7, lost 2. All on 16 points. If we win and results go away, we can go 5th, which is crazy. Like It's a big game. Um, we've got a mad schedule coming up. On, I mean, we've got West Ham coming up on a Wednesday, haven't we? It'd be good to go and get the win. And I'm quietly confident, but it, like we said it's tough. It is a, it is a, it is a toughie and... I mean, uh, the the bloke on the away perspective, he even he seemed he he, he said it's like got draw written all over it. It does seem like it's going to be a draw, but hopefully we can uh, get that win. He seemed very excited for it, though, didn't he? He did. <laughs> he was very up for it. It's buzzing, wasn't he? I think rather than just looking at this game, though, we have to look. Harry just mentioned West Ham there because we've got away at Bournemouth, home to Sheffield United, home to West Ham, and then away at Brighton. Our next four Premier League games, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So you've got to be looking at those as a set of four that you think, what, nine points from those? It's how you lay your would, foundations would for the for the rest of the season, isn't it? It's whether you're, oh, we're going to be top seven again or lower, depending on what we do in the next four. Because if we can beat these teams that are consistently, consistently easy for me to say, um, below us, then we really are setting our stall out, especially if we can go fifth, which I think does look achievable looking at the um, fixtures. It's mad, it's isn't it? Strange to, think, um, to think how up in arms our supporters were with our start. Even us, we were a bit worried at first. And to think we're sat in eighth now, a win away from fifth, is just crazy, considering the Europa League we've had. The thing is, though, we're just very hard to beat. Yeah. That's the one good thing. I know I said our win rate is, is low, but we're a very, very tough team to beat. And we've had the, the defeats. I mean, who did we lose to? We lost to Chelsea. Everton and Chelsea. Yeah. Everton. Everton was just a, an absolute shit show of a day. We'll forget about that. And as was Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea they, were they, much better. No, exactly. Chelsea was awful. I'm, I'm, 
and we've sorted we've sorted it out since then. The defence looks solid again. So we just got to go into all these games thinking that we can win, and there's no reason why we can't win these next four games. Whether we will or not, I don't know. But if we get eight points, then the loss at Chelsea at home was the one time this season where I've looked at it and thought, oh wow, our squad is too small. We're going to struggle like mad because obviously Vallejo had an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Who, by the way. Did you see what said this oh, yeah. week? Real Madrid might call him back because it ain't gone the way he's planned. Well, I doubt they'll call him back. Jesus, they won't want him back. They'll just no, throw him in the canal in Madrid or something. He's 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 not Premier League ready, is he? He's not Premier League ready. He's not when, football when ready. Come, when you come in, I think when you, like that Chelsea game, and you consistently when you're playing on the right side of the fence, every time you try and play a ball out to the right wing back, it goes in the stand from yeah. about from 15 yards. Then it's, it's not going to end well, is it? It's just inviting pressure on yourself. We don't need to talk about him too much because we just know he's crap. He's gone now and yeah. he ain't getting back in. But yeah, yeah just, let, just let him go. And then hopefully we can bring in some actual quality because we will need it with obviously the body injury. No one's really sure when he'll be ready and back to full fitness like he was. Well, how's that been whispers in the press, hasn't there, that some money's going to be spent, so... Well, yeah, but Den Donker's doing a sterling job, yeah. but we still, we do look thin on the ground if there were another injury to come. Unchanged from Villa, Harry? Yeah, I think I'd go for the exact, exact same team again if everyone's fit. Um, I mean, it's looking all right now because obviously you just mentioned Den Donker's doing well. Bennett's there to back up as well. Bennett can go, he can go in the centre if Cody gets injured as well. So all of a sudden after Bolly's injury, we was all panicking. The, the way Den Donker's adapted... I feel safe again. I mean, when Bolly does eventually come back, which will probably be next year now, it'll just be like a new signing, won't it? And he'll be there ready for when we win the Europa League. Do you second that, Dan? Yeah, uh, Bournemouth are obviously a much better team than Villa. And that's going to be blatantly obvious by watching watching the game. But we've got to stick to our guns and try and hit them down the lines. Traore has been the man, hasn't he, so far, Harry? Oh, wow. Uh. Um, is he fit? Is Traore definitely oh, fit? Oh, good shout, yeah. We don't know, do we? Yeah, because he had to pull out the Spain game, didn't he? But, and they well, did... because yeah, um, he was unfit. <laughs> so Wolves did put that. a picture... Wolves did put a picture on earlier of Cody and Traore smiling arm-in-arm in training, so I'm assuming Traore's fit if he's on the training pitch. Just looking ahead to those games that you were doing, Jack, the three fixtures after Bournemouth, and Neves and Sace are actually on four yellow cards each. Uh, does that impact your decision to play a strong team or the strongest team? I think we know from Nuno in the past, particularly in the championship when Neves got suspended for those important games, um, he doesn't know. So um, regardless of the yellow card situation, he will play the team for the game and not think of saving someone for... Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anyway, because the next time Saves goes on a pitch, you'll get a yellow card. So. <laughs> yeah, I think you will. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah but then I suppose, ooh, yeah, it's, a, it's just silly fouls, isn't it? But I think we can cover it for one game, but we shouldn't be scared about having to switch the team around for any of these upcoming four games I don't think personally I'll tell you what then let's all, let's all do cock on the block time Up, upcoming four games how many points your Thursday night at hockey <laughs> <laughs> come on let's well, cock on the block time we spoke about this last week right and obviously I'll, I'll say the same again on paper it looks like at least nine points or maybe even ten you know three wins and a draw out then fixtures it I mean it, it could be done but like I say <laughs> I reckon I reckon it will go a bit pear shaped and I reckon we'll have a couple of losses in there I'm going to say seven Seven. We should we should clip this up for when we've got one point from the next four. <laughs> That's really genius. But um, the way it's going, I think seven's a good shout with one loss in there. But there's no reason why it can't be two oh, wins, two draws, Nate. We've got the Europa League games in there as well, haven't we? I know if we beat yeah, Braga, it's through. over. But we're through. We're through anyway. Yeah. Sorry, right, the through. one after this forced Tottenham anyway, so they're going to be they're going to be a bit shaky after what's happened. I think we're going to talk about that a bit in Honest, a bit. But. 
honestly, screw the Europa League now. In my opinion, we're through. <laughs> these these are four bread and butter games here where we can really focus on the Europa League if we suddenly get. If we, let's just say it's dreamland. We get twelve points and we're on thirty oh points. Oh my god! Going, you know, and we're pretty much safe. We can throw everything at the FA Cup and the League Cup like I want to, and we can League try and something. League Cup's right. gone. Um, yeah, we can try. Really, if we try really hard, though, we might be able to get, <laughs> get, back, get in. back in. If we just believe, just if we believe, just believe yeah. they might put us back in. Yeah. The, the Europa League and the FA Cup is what I meant to say. Excellent. Right. Okay. Uh, well, Jack, you've already said score draw. Can I get you for a specific score? Well, one one is our favourite result, isn't it? So we'll go with that. Harry, it's coming in. I'm telling you, four one Wolves this four, weekend. One. It's happening. And Dan, yeah, one one is probably the common sense approach. So I'm going to go three nil Wolves. I also fancy a three nil. It has to be said. Uh, wow. Let's get your latest betting odds and tickets. Hi, I'm Kelly Chris Kamara. You're listening to the Seventy Seven Club, and it's unbelievable, Jim. So as always, we've got our betting odd over from our partners over at fansbet.com I did ask for a few I only got one so uh, you you told them I really showed them uh, hopefully I'll learn them hopefully next week they actually respond to me and give me some decent ones uh, but I have got Oof. one and it has been boosted it's Jota to score Wolves to win 1-0 it was 34-1 to one. it is now 39-1 to one. wow that's a big one that is a big one that's what she said uh, Jack's got your ticket news could happen that I suppose uh, right ticket news so Lots of sellouts. Bournemouth is sold out. Obviously, the away game at Braga sold out very quickly, actually, which I was surprised at. So, How did we get to the end for that? There was 2,000, which I think is the biggest allocation we've had pretty much for a away Europa League game, but it sold out as soon as it went on the points, pretty much. Isn't so. there um, loads in the home end as well, Jack? Yeah, it's in the home end. I think Braga actually know that's going to happen, so they've accommodated accordingly and have sort of put in a home Classic. end Wolves fan section. So they're quite happy to have, have some Wolves fans over there. So yeah, it should be good. Good to them not going, actually. Um, the Sheffield United home game and the West Ham United home games on the 1st and the 4th of December, respectively, are both sold out. The Brighton away game, there's about 300 left for that and they went on sale uh, just a week and a half ago. Currently on sale to season ticket holders with 1,090 or more points. I think they'll. that's a four o'clock and it's on the telly so there'll probably be a few flying around on resales or whatever for that, I would I would assume. Um, the Besiktas home game on the 12th of December, so that's our last Europa League qualifying game. Uh, there's uh, good availability for that. Curry on sale for members and on general sale as of this Saturday. Looking further ahead, and this might lead on quite nicely to uh, the visit of Spurs and Jose Mourinho on Sunday the 15th of December. Um, there's a few hundred left for that and it's currently on sale to members with a certain amount of points. Perfect. Uh, that's late. But latest betting odds and ticket news. Let's move on to best ranked Premier League managers. Hi, this is Gaza. Welcome to the 77 High Street Club. Is that right? So, obviously, uh, the big news of the week was Jose Mourinho for Maurizio Pochettino, which means uh, Poch is currently driving up the M1 to Manchester and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is uh, getting a bit nervous, I imagine. And I thought, actually, let's li- let's rank uh, the Premier League managers as we see them. So 20 Premier League managers to get through. I want to open up bottom spot. So who's the worst? It's obviously Dean Smith, isn't it? So <laughs> he's, he's bottom of the pile. Um, Harry, who, who next for you, do you Steve think? Steve Bruce. In terms of- Steve Bruce in 19th. Okay, that's good. Uh, Bayliss, anyone in there that you would uh, go for in 18th place? The problem is you've got to put Fark in there at some point because of how badly Norwich are doing. But I actually do like him as a manager. Um, they're having a rough time of it at the moment. They're a bit uh, dodgy. Okay, so uh, Jack, 17th. Pep Guardiola probably, isn't it? Yeah. 
Because <laughs> <'cause, laughs> Sam, I'll tell you what. Swap him. out Dean Smith at the bottom and put Ole Gunnar Solskjaer there. Let him prop them all up. Oh, that's nice. Right, okay. So that's going to move uh, Dean Smith up to 17th. Uh, let's reel, reel some off then. Um, what are your thoughts on Roy Hodgson? I think he's a Boring. decent Premier League manager. He's a good Premier League manager. He's not amazing. He's not terrible. Deitch? Brilliant. I'd he's put him really towards well, the top yeah. half of yeah. what he's done for Burnley. Amazing. Pellegrini? Decent. Like, well, he's in trouble, isn't he? He's just decent and he did well at Man City. Done all right at West Ham. It's not going well now, but... Mm. What about Emery? Awful. Awful. So you put him in. Awful. I put him down the bottom half. Yeah. All right. We'll put him. We'll put him fifteenth. Eddie Howe. Very good. He's got to be really top well. seven at least. In the top seven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hassan Hootel. Who's that one? Brighton. Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, he's done a good job. He's turned them around. Done all right. Mid table-ish. Lampard. Mid table. Done too bad, has he? Yeah, he's he improving well, yet, though. Is he's he? still improved. Yeah. yeah. He's better than Ollie. That's that is true. What? Where would you put Nuno? Uh, third. 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 Behind Pep and Klopp. Might be pushing. Let's it. do the ones that everyone cares about. Who's number one? Klopp. Pep for me. Pep. Yeah. Quite yes. And then yes. Klopp. Yeah. It's consistency, isn't it? Klopp's transformed a bunch of bottlers. <laughs> one. That's true. Yeah, and I've found it funny. I know it's true. Liverpool yeah. was shakier than that Prince Andrew interview. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and they have now turned themselves into an absolutely top team. So Klopp's That's his one. word, isn't it? That's his word, Prince Andrew. That is his word. Yes, <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for a little bit of context, I've given the, the boys either a phrase or a word to sneak into general conversation to see if they can get away with it. And actually, Dan's fallen at the first hurdle, but I thought you slipped it in very well, which is actually what, what, yeah, which is actually what Prince Andrew did. But it, the thing is, the theme is, Sam, like, you got Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Lampard and as Madonna said they're like virgins there, there we go <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go well this isn't it <laughs> oh. I you played that like an absolute blinder because you were laughing all the way through the build up to you executing Madonna <laughs> uh, who comes in fourth let's do a top four because I reckon fourth is actually quite difficult to, to pinpoint who exactly that would be so we know the three don't we Klopp, Pep and Nuno no, I the the new bloke at Brighton. He has completely he's changed how they play he's football, good, yeah. and he's class. I will put Sean Dyche in fourth. You put Dyche fourth, yeah, yeah, for what he's done at Burnley. Do you know? Do you know who needs to go in the top few as well? Brendan Rodgers. Oh, good, good shout! Good shout! Absolute yeah. class. Yeah, he's done really well. Hi, this is Gareth. This is some daft shit in the high street. I'm speaking to someone who got picked on in school for him ginger hair. Hi, this is Gareth. Welcome to the 77 fucking high street club. Is that right? That's almost minging anyway. Hi, it's Gareth. This is 77 club. So we obviously mentioned Mourinho going to Tottenham. I think we were all very, very scared for about 12 hours. Uh, uh, Harry, you were putting out tweets saying, hands off Nuno. Um, because I know, I know you have a big say in these decisions and uh, <laughs> they, they follow you on Twitter. So, uh, would, would he have gone? Do you think he would have gone, Jack? No, I, no it's just people scaremongering straight away, isn't it? And uh, immediately, as soon as there's a vacancy, it's, it's just, oh, yeah, Nuno's going to go to that because they're an established club. And they, they the reality is they were never interested in Nuno. They already had Mourinho lined up. I went to bed and the news broke about um, him uh, been sacked and then I woke up and there was an update on my phone saying that they'd hired Marino so it was all done and dusted within less than 12 hours Harry 
Do you think it's a good move? Because I think the, the one of the frustrations that Poch had was that he rarely had any money to spend. And if there's one thing that we know about Mourinho is that he likes to have money to spend. Yeah, that's the thing that surprised me a little bit. But just looking at the reaction from a lot of the Spurs fans, obviously they love Poch for what he's done. Obviously they haven't won anything, but the close runs they've had, they should have won it the year Leicester won the league. I mean, the Champions League final. But just, I didn't realise when I first, when the news come up on my phone, I seen it, I was like, wow, I can't believe it. But then I've looked at the table, they're 14th. I didn't realise that. Yeah. They're 14th in the league. So if you're a chairman, I mean, if you want to do well, they're in that new stadium. They want to be up in the top four to fund, you know, getting big players there. I think looking at it now, it probably is the right decision, but I'd be worried as a Spurs fan. Mourinho might start off okay, like he did at Man U, win a couple of Mickey Mouse Cups, which would be good for Spurs. They don't win anything. And, but, in the, we know in about three, in about two or three years' time, we'll see him slapping his chest saying, "Free, I win free," and then he'll get sacked for being arrogant and ego, won't he? So it'll last about three years as usual. Can we get the deluded Villa fan tweet up as well? Oh, that was a golden one. Where was that? It? Get po- get potched to Villa. <laughs> oh, I'm trying Poch to find to it now. Villa. That's what he said. Yeah, I saw that. Horrendous. I mean, he, he's just getting ready to go to Manchester United, isn't he, Ari? I imagine. It looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, like we said a minute ago in our little tally, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is probably the worst manager in the Premier League. And if he does go, Poch will fit into Man United beautifully, I think. And they'll give him a lot of money to spend, which he didn't get to do at Tottenham. And I think it'll suit it well. But it'd be interesting to see, just going back to Spurs, he's got to give Mourinho money. There's no way Mourinho's agreed to go to Spurs and not being able to spend any money. So it'd be interesting to see how he does. It's also a tricky one, isn't it, Dan? Because do you think... Each one has pulling power, doesn't it? So Mourinho, you know, he's been there and done it, won so many trophies. Obviously, Poch has a... He was quite close, but I think he probably lost the dressing room a little bit towards the end. It's Which one do you think will win of keeping Harry Kane or getting him to come to Manchester United? Very good question. Obviously, it's not done and dusted that that's where Pochettino is going to go to. But I think he'll stick with Tottenham Kane. He seems like the loyal type. Um, I, Mourinho himself worries me more than anything. I think his brand of football's got a bit boring. Well, it's been boring for years, but I think it, it's teams know what you're coming up against. And a lot of teams have sussed it out. I've just found that tweet, actually. I think it might be the same one Dan's talking about. And I hope this, this is these like a joking, but from Aston Villa Bible, at Aston Bible, this is a perfect moment for AVFC to sack Smith and bring in Poch. Spurs were in the same position we are in now when he took over in 2014. We have more financial power than Spurs, so he could build a superior, a more superior team than the current Spurs team now. Hashtag AVSC, hashtag Smith out. See, so, wow. they've just got a stupid sense of entitlement, this lot, haven't they? It's just ridiculous. Just on that, Jack, we're taking the piss out of Villa. Some, I won't say his name, but someone put on Dingle's Awe yesterday. Absolutely loved the way Nuno plays football, but would anyone take Pochettino to take Wolves to the next level? I mean, we've got idiots as well. Yeah, but we finished seventh last year, not in the championship. And it's just, it's just with the Villa fans though. It's just they honestly have this air of arrogance about them that they do just think that because they're Villa, they're superior. They're so they're living in the eighties. They've probably got Mister Motivator as the fitness coach because they honestly, <laughs> they honestly do. <laughs> That's your word. That's it. Oh, that was so good. That was really so good. Close, but Jack. that was it. That was so you know, um, damn, damn it. That, that you know who Mourinho's favourite artist is, don't you? Madonna. there he is right on that note we will say goodbye so say goodbye to Harry Mansell yeah uh, just a quick one before we go Sam should we just put it out there because we never do it anymore if anyone wants to play that level up quiz to get in touch with you Mm. people have got in touch we've had them on but we've ran out now yeah there's a few surprise there's a prize get on it surprise yeah see you in a bit and we'll say goodbye to Dan Bayliss Uh, goodbye Wolves and say goodbye to Jack Williams bye and we won't play in level up this week because my throat can't take it 
Uh, so it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.